This recording was made on Goringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is, describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. And, and, and here we are again. Wow, just you and me and um, all the others everywhere, I guess, because that's that's what we're doing here in Infinity, which is where we live, because where we live is the internet. And if everything lasts forever on the internet, then this recording is my immortality. Is that... That makes sense, doesn't it? I think so. I'm trying to figure out whether that makes sense to myself. But what I mean is, <laughs> um, we're time traveling here. And you, you've heard, obviously, all of my various dissertations and um, theses on the matter. But I mean, there's all sorts of different time traveling. And I wouldn't have gotten my doctorate in, in it um, if I didn't know that, uh, much less have um, written a lot about it. And um, anyway, the one that I'm doing, I think is a much more a- more easy. Yep. Science. Science. A much more easier um, version than building some really fancy machine with lights and buttons and and all sorts of shit that can go really wrong, basically, and leave you with half a body in in some other place that you wanted to go to 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 do something, and now you can't do anything because you're just a torso, and you're I mean, hopefully, all right, and not suffering some grievous injury, but you also can't do much no matter what. So my version <laughs> is 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 I guess I guess it's like putting thoughts into into binary code. Am I contr- is that my contribution right now? And what's your contribution for for listening to it? Because that's I mean that's the whole idea is that is that you and I share a brain now because we're part of this infinity massive network of all of our um, thoughts and feelings all the time about everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's pretty cool to be here with you basically in the future in every different possible conceivable um, version. And um, and with that out of the way, I guess like I guess you're just wondering how the surf's been. It's been really good. Thank you. Really good, actually. And I wore two wetsuits the other day successfully. And by successfully, I just mean not needing to expose myself to um, anyone uh, who doesn't um, in the process. And and I, that's what I did. But, well, okay, kind of. Because, oh, fuck, that sounds so bad. Um, no, so it's been, it got really, really cold, which was really weird because the beginning of autumn was really, 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 really warm, like 28 degrees warm, uh, and, and no one minded. And you and I talked heaps about how people were saying, like, oh, wouldn't it just be lovely if it stayed this way? And I was, I was going, like, wouldn't that be kind of fucked up. Um, and anyway, winter arrived very abruptly. It's been very cold, such that I wore two very uh, bad wetsuits, like old secondhand shithouse wetsuits that together, their powers combined, I, I was Captain Warm and I wasn't really Captain Move. I couldn't move a whole lot. But anyway, I'm down on the beach wearing my two weddies, feeling like I'm getting away with a crime in 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 broad daylight here. You know, I'm wearing two wetsuits and um, I mean, I'm cheating <laughs> and no one knows about it. So anyway, I'm on the beach feeling great, super pumped for a surf. 
And then I, I was on the beach, like, trying to stretch. And then what do I see? What do I come, like, not, not even face-to-face with, but, like, nose-to-nose with was a, 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 a disc of plastic, presumably once um, housing some form of dim sim as the lid in a takeaway container. That was a really convoluted way of saying a piece of fucking rubbish. A big one as well. Not a little soft one that I could stuff in my leggy pocket and keep going. Um, anyway, so I'm like, well, fuck. Oh, I can't just, I'm not just going to walk away from this now, but what do I do with it? What's not going to mash it up? What's not going to um, hurt me? And so anyway, what I needed to do was then basically expose <laughs> to the whole of the this busy weekend beach that I was wearing two wetsuits, quickly tuck it in between them in my chest, and then basically spend two hours. What am I about to do here, actually? Am I going to have a, a whinge about perfect surf because it was perfect because I was surfing. Yes, I am actually, because I spent that whole surf, two hours of it or whatever, feeling like Iron Man, not in the good way, in like the really rickety early stages way where he hadn't dialed everything in and 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 was getting hurt and everything, you know? And because I had this fucking metal disc in my, in my chest. And so whatever, not a big deal and stuff, but like whoever did that, you're, you're a prick. <laughs> really? Like, truly, you are. And and I'm going to do the thing that always my brain seems to do, which is cartoonishly uh, extrapolate my imagination of who must be responsible for such a thing. And it's, it's, it's the disgusting person that you think it is. And it's kind of never like that. Like, that could have just fluttered out of a bin. Um, I don't think anyone's out there literally, well, I guess there's some pricks on the motorway that you see who are just actively tossing shit out their moving car window. Um, but it's hard to imagine that many people out there just willingly walking up to the ocean, throwing heaps of plastic in it. But so it, so it just means that there's this massive communication breakdown, I think, which is like my whole thing. That's why I'm sitting here in a closet talking to you at slash no one slash everyone, um, forever is that, all we need to do is is just switch into the same gear about it because we all feel the same way. Everyone loves the ocean, even the most evil people <laughs> that you know. They've probably got nothing against the ocean. I mean, even the ones... Oh, can I ever say that, though? Because there's ones killing, like, I don't know, heaps of fish, murdering a bunch of whales. Is there a difference between killing or murdering a fish or a whale? Whatever. There's some people out there, I guess, that hate the sea, but I don't think it's in this passionately aggressive hatred kind of way. I think they're just like not really paying atten- enough attention, certainly not karmically or spiritually, but also physically as far as their own survival and their every other generation beneath them's survivals. Um, I think it's just a communication breakdown. So I guess it's probably wasn't. The, the person who threw this takeaway lid probably tried to do the right thing is how I'm going to choose to think of this. Cause otherwise it's just like, what a, what a fucking hospital pass for the people who are out there actually, you know, throwing things out their motorway. That's literally, you just like, it's got all the ferocity of, of a high impact hospital pass three meters out, you know? And, and of course, of course, I'm, of course we're going to take it. <laughs> You're not just going to ignore it when someone passes you something but I mean, pretty brutal move. And so the guy who threw that, and I mean, it was probably a bloke and he probably had some rank moustache and 
I don't know too many other details about him, but I think he was on a boat of some description. And anyway, whoever that cartoon dickhead was who threw it in the sea, mate, that was a hospital pass. I've got your back, but also go figure your life out, you know, because I'm not fair. Anyway, so surf's been good, basically. Surf's been so good. Man, it's been good. We've had the most, probably the most consistent autumn. I guess I was away for a lot of last autumn, but I can't really remember it being this consecutive. It's been fantastic. It's been so good. And the other great thing as well is that there was this massive rain event at the very beginning of autumn when it was like really hot before it got really cold enough to need two wetsuits um, and way less mobility in case you're wondering. Um, It started off with this huge rain, like really tropical rain event and it flushed all of this sand out of the lagoon and it's kind of just, it feels to me from my armchair bathymetric perspective. Oh, are you impressed I knew that word? I'm surprised too. But I think bathymetry, B-A-T-H-Y-M-E-T-R-Y, is is the movement of sand. I'll find that out, link you to a good article um, that I'll definitely be reading um, myself so that I can more confidently talk about this. But it seems like all the sand from this huge flush of the lagoon after the rain has just hung around like perfectly sculpted, very slow-moving slabs of cement. And they've just stayed there. They haven't moved, even under like heavy heavy waves, big swells. There seems to be like heaps of sand left, which just seems, I don't know, maybe I'm romanticizing it because I've had such a good time, but God, have I had such a good time. It's Surfing's just like, I, well, I just don't know what I would do to learn and to experience so much of of the stuff that goes down in surfing. It's so it's so much more than like a physical activity or, or I guess a hobby because I've got other hobbies, but they're absolutely nothing like the level of intensity of attention span that it commands. It's like, it's, wow, I might be really productive if I stopped surfing. <laughs> I'm trying to literally in my brain look at it as if it was this measurable, scalable thing of how much time I spend lost in dreams about good surfs I've had or or projecting my hopes onto the the next swell or or just consuming surf content or thinking about nature and and the lessons that I feel like I've learned about life the, so many of which have been sat in between sets and it's just this I feel like I'd just be a completely different person maybe I'd like that one a bit more than this one <laughs> <laughs> um anyway um he's out there somewhere and um I'll meet him soon enough um dude I hit someone in the face <laughs> oh, that sounds really bad it wasn't that bad but I definitely that's the verb and that's the that's the noun that they're all the nouns and and that that was the thing I was at the hanging bars and it was really bad I felt terrible. We, I don't know why I'm like, laugh, well, I'm laughing about it because subjectively it felt like a really kind I like, I just had a funny thought after it anyway. Um, but so I've come down after a hang and I was like swinging my arms out and stuff. And there was this person sat on a retaining wall with a calculator and an exercise book and doing like not homework because this person looked like they're in their mid twenties. And anyway, I hadn't seen them. So I was like walking around swinging my 
hands around and arms around, eyes closed. And then I felt just like the tips of my fingers, just like, I don't know if you can even hear that. Not even that. So, and, and, and anyway, and then I was like, so deep into this, whatever bloody daydream reverie that I was in. And then I was like, wait, was, was it, did I just connect with something? What was that? And then I turned around and sure enough, this, um, this person whose gender I don't want to assume, but wasn't obvious. Um, and anyway, was also like, I don't know, just not like not particularly athletic looking, shall I say. And anyway, and, and I turned, and I was like, oh my God, did I just hit you in the face? And they were like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was completely like in a trance off the bar. And they'd like, I'd been hanging there for like, I don't know, 90 seconds or something from my knees. And you come down from that and there's a lot of blood trying to get back into your brain from your legs. I'm not making excuses, but thankfully, I mean, this person had sat there the whole time. It was pretty plausible. And the axis that I walked away from the hanging bars on, walked, stumbled, throwing my arms around, basically. It's pretty obvious that I was um, three sheets to the wind. And so anyway, I was like, oh, I was so dizzy. I'm so, so sorry. That was like, I was completely spaced out and I had no idea you were even there. And they like, they were laughing and, and it was all good and stuff. But I was like, I, later on, I was like, okay, so that was this really friendly um, person and whatever, doing a kind of an unorthodox thing as far as uh, academic study at uh, an outdoor gym. But did I just commit an accidental hate crime because this person, I don't know, did I, did I assume that they were in a minority and did that make it worse? Far out, I'm an idiot. It's amazing you listen to this. But anyway, I, I was wondering to myself and then I giggled and the stupid thought that I had to myself was probably not because this person um, was white like me and and we are like, I don't know, you can't, it's hard, like white people can't really ever complain about stuff, you know? <laughs> For, I don't know either. I don't know. But I, I needed. I feel like I just needed to confess that somewhere. And if that person's out there ever listening, even if they're not, I'm going to put it out there that I'm very sorry again. That was, I promise, a complete accident that I take responsibility for and should, like, yeah, it's not that responsible of a thing to spend that long upside down and then waltz around like um, a headless goose. Uh, but also, um, anyway, it was an accident. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Have a good life. Um, thanks. That thanks was to you, by the way, for um, facilitating that. And I guess we can, I guess we can like probably just move on from from that to a really important piece of news, actually, that came in um, pretty promptly after I think the last episode, which was a while ago now. But anyway, Frizi's texted me because I've I, I went and had a rant about a thing that I still think a lot about, which is the advent of a new device, which is a quad pedal powered e-bike where it's basically a tiny car with pedal assist technology and you in the middle of it, able to travel at tremendous speeds and perform, as we've discussed, time traveling uh, of a different variety insofar as using a vehicle to cheat the amount of time it should take you to get somewhere, therefore time travel. Um, anyway, I, thought, I think this thing will be uh, in the future and I really hope it is. And then sure enough, Frizy sent me a message and he's like, hey, 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 hey. And the thing got invented 
like a year ago or something. I've forgotten now, but it, really recently. And there's this ecstatic, like full dorky dad guy doing this review of it. And he's just having the best time of his life. And anyway, the thing exists. Wow. And and you wonder about how, how I became um, a professor at this shit. And... <laughs> <laughs> pretty um i was on the bus the other day it's pretty hectic i saw someone drinking out of a two liter bottle of milk on the bus and i thought that was pretty pretty gnarly thing to see that's not i don't see that regularly and when i do and and oh wow it's pretty shocking I why it, it's too much it's hey that's too much. <laughs> that's just that's my honest impulse when I see someone living their life differently to me. <laughs> but but I just want to be like, hey, that's too much. That's that's not good for you. There's other stuff. There's other really good stuff. <laughs> Balance it out, please. Please, you'll live longer, and then we'll get to play for more. It you know, we'll get to stay in the game longer together. But it's too much. <laughs> I guess we should catch up on um, some telly because I've been thinking heaps about television recently, and mainly like what kind of television I watch and everything, and and that mainly being reality TV. And and I had a really I had to have, sit down and have a really long hard look at myself actually because I I found myself I'd love to say at the beginning but I found myself at the end. Of of just almost I guess you, I guess I'll say rock bottom of the reality TV show stream that you can you can go for a, um, a paddle in and and anyway I watched this show called Glow Up and it was it was all right it was about makeup artists which is pretty cool I didn't know anything about makeup artistry and it's really they do amazing work and stuff I'm always the whole thing I was just like what is this stuff made of when you see people oh yeah I'm just putting some plaster on his face and painting this and that and the other and like and, and this just the craziest materials and and none of them look natural it's pretty hard to make a fluorescent paint out of natural things you know and so it, for me it's just it all represents hardcore chemicals but but they do pretty cool designs with it i suppose but well the essex accent in it was phenomenal it's like everyone in it was from essex it was a british show and there was a couple of like token scottish welsh whatever but um <laughs> mainly Essex and full towie Essex as well. And they call them um, MUAs instead of makeup artists. Each MUA has been assigned a different model. And so anyway, watching that show, thinking all the things I did about it, I got to the end and I thought to myself, am I actually just endorsing a lot more of this, even though I watch it for comedic value if i want to object to it in in the basis that i do which is hey um probably a better use of resources and money than painting people's faces um in, in some sort of uh, like really honest and and hopefully cooperative way to suggest that i mean if i want to object to that use of resources i'm kind of supporting it with my view count here netflix is registered and 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 they know now that that this is way up my street and that I'm I'm probably some keen MUA. Each MUA has been assigned a different model. We're not going to bring about attention to the fact that this gentleman has accidentally drawn a ball sack. 
under each eyelid of, of, of his model. And instead, we're going to praise the artistry and the bravery. What accent am I even doing? But that's what happened. And I, I, at that point was when I started to really take a look at myself and wonder, Rose, what are you doing here? Like, what are you, what are you doing with your life? If, if, if this is, if this is it, if this is part of it. And so, and so anyway, I've actually really started to think about the weight of my television expectation. No, not expectations. Well, I suppose expectations, but mainly the ramifications of what I choose to watch and the ripple effect of, of that vote of confidence. It's kind of like, if I want to subscribe to the idea that, you know, not choosing to eat meat from an environmental rationale and someone says, oh, well, the meat's still going to be on the shelf. If I want to believe that, yeah, but slightly less of it is being consumed and therefore they'll slowly get the hint and the industry will diminish, I kind of have to apply the same philosophy to to television because that's what it means. And like content at large, I guess. And that's, I mean, that's, I suppose, one of the core reasons to that I just try so hard not to be on my phone and fail fucking miserably at it a lot, all the time. And and I'm so relieved when I put, turn it off and put it away at the end of each day. So ironic, says the bloke making a podcast. But if I like, I, there's a real weight to every single click because it gets registered somewhere. And much like the dollars that I'm spending, it's registering some sort of for or against yay or nay vote for something. And if it's ethically painting ball sacks on people's faces and then and and pretending that they're not and pretending that they're not using like how many wet wipes were were harmed in the making of that production i mean and how gross is a wet wipe ever let alone the amount imagine that that would feel a swimming pool every 15 minutes on that show because they did some crazy elaborate thing and i kind of feel bad about trashing it because there's some incredible artistry on it but it's also it's also so, I don't know. Pointless, temporary. Is that a criticism of art, really? Because, hey, Rolls, those are the things you love about art. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of hard to have a conversation with yourself in a short amount of time with a microphone about something so deep. So, I'm going to be thinking about it, basically. I'm going to continue thinking about it because I've already been thinking about it heaps. And and since then, the the latest thing I've been watching is Rust Valley Restorers. I can't believe I missed that show. It's in, it's 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 awesome. And um, the Canadian accents I'm loving. I'm loving the the upcycling and the economy behind vintage cars. I mean the whole thing is about upcycling existing parts, existing machines, restoring them so that they can continue operating and serving us without needing something new. I love that principle. And so I feel better <laughs> ethically. This is how much of a lunatic do I sound like? I am. We know that by now. One one of them. Um but but that's the depth that I'm thinking about watching shit from now on. And uh, the line's going to be pretty blurry, I think, because where does where does artistic merit um you know start to become the priority you know i'll tell you i, I mean the memory you know what an, oh my god okay here's um the reason i just had a stroke with my mouth just then um not funny to joke about but like i don't know what sound i just made um 
I just had a memory fall into my brain that I'm going to share with you right now off the back of asking you and I guess myself that question of where does artistic merit take priority as the only thing to think about and not think about how much it costs to produce or what it represents ideologically. I once, when I was re- I was maybe 21, I went to a friend's fine art showing at her uni um, graduation show or whatever and I walked into one of these rooms and one of the one of the art exhibits was uh, it was two parts and um, if you're squeamish just pop the headphones out or tap the thing to fast forward and I'll, I promise I'll only spend 30 seconds describing what this was um, the first part was a video uh, split into two screens one of them from above one of them from the feet up of uh, a lady, a female lying down on um, on a bed, and then having um, having her genitals shaved with a dry razor. And um, and part two, um, no breaks, by the way, no cuts, no animations, no anything. Just these two really raw um, ugh, um, visions side by side. And the other thing was the razor. There, if you're back and you just fast forwarded the 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 last 30 seconds all you need to know is that the second part of this artwork was uh the razor that was used and covered in um the substance it was trying to remove uh and some other stuff and and guys my 21 year old brain didn't really know what to do with that and so i guess i guess he put it somewhere for it to pop out at the tender age of 29 while i was talking to you and isn't that just isn't that just this crazy crazy thing that our brains do it's like this awesome backup like safety net when when shit's too much we can ignore it and (laughs) it works so well for us in some ways and i think it works really badly for us in other ways um as far as climate um crises goes um but that that was just gnarly for me i don't know how you're feeling right now but like i want to stop listening too but i mean i'm the one talking so i can't I can't stop listening to myself like if I want to keep talking for the rest of my life. So I'm going to, I'm going to crack on, but, but far out, that was a challenging, um, that was both a challenging diversion right now and a challenging experience to go through in a room full of very progressive people who were very not partial to negative criticism of any kind. And, and I thought that maybe even saying, Hey, I don't get it. Um, might have been construed as negative criticism, so I didn't say that. And and so there it is. Wow. Now I can finally let go of that memory because I've projected it into immortality with us. <laughs> cool legacy roles. <laughs> uh. Anyway, the other thing about reality TV that I think about is the same thing that I think about with Gordon Ramsay stuff and... What would, like what would someone in a developing country who could make full sense of what they were watching, what would they think about the use of resources of the developed world who claims to be committed to helping them out of the developing world? <laughs> um, what does that person think about it? Because I always have this, another cartoon of, I guess, um, a really skinny African of some description, um... Uh, you know, watching a flat screen of Gordon Ramsay spitting out food and scraping massive plates of it into the bin. And just like, it, and that's not Gordon's fault, by the way. We don't need to go into this again. But Gordon Ramsay's food footprint is not his responsibility. He's there to improve things. 
he's there to try and reduce their footprint. And if he gets served something inedible that might make him sick or that he, I trust the man's experience to just reject a dish outright. So I, I think that's, it's never his fault. But the, but I mean, this poor person um, in Sudan doesn't know that. And, and they're just watching it and they're like, fuck, that looks pretty good. Actually, what's the matter with him? He's, he's saying that F word a lot. I mean, that, that's not that bad. Come on, man. That's better than what we've got. Way better. And I feel, I guess, that's pretty much the vision that I have with, with my content choices now is assuming that some, wow, galactical version of, of, of that um, that being is going to have access to what I've been doing with my life and the decisions I've been making and, and, and I guess, evaluate the same thing. Was that a good use of resources? What was the net gain of that? Or were you a human being and was there not really one? Kind of. Probably that one mostly because, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to challenge yourself to, to I don't know, give more than you take as a human on the planet. Tough, man. Physically, I mean. But, but also mainly, I mean, uh, mentally. It's tough to really tell yourself off for that and to, and to every single day be like, hey, you're on a deployment here. You are a soldier in the infantry. You're here to do a job. Get cracking. And it's like, man, that's a vicious drill sergeant to live in your brain all the time. And so, and so if you can, I don't know, have a toke and, and, and dial that one back a little bit, well, who, who's anyone to say that that's wrong? Well, fuck me. Holy fuck. Fuck me. Uh, 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 have we talked about surfing yet? Uh, we should talk about it some more because I, I just, I cannot get enough of it at the moment. I had such a cool, actually, there's a, uh, a conversation episode podcast coming out in a couple of days with um, a fellow called Rob, who I met recently, and he does some amazing stuff as far as surfing and mental health. And I've been like, I always sort of think this, but since that chat, I've just been, my head's just been spinning with this idea of, of surfing as pretty much church. It pretty much is. And I think that the, I can't remember if I spoke to Indy about this or if you listened to that one, but I think that, I think the ocean might be Jesus Christ. Maybe it may be my version of it anyway. Uh, and, and, and make of that what you will. But, but for some reason, that's this thought I had once, um, out in the surf and, and I haven't been able to shake it off because it's it's literally like being in church. And I think that's why I get so, I don't know, wound up sometimes <laughs> about dumb shit that goes on out there or just, I guess, I guess I, I'm just fascinated by how different people trade it, trade it differently. Sentence? I'm fascinated by how differently different people trade it and how, oh, I don't know. It's just how you can not have it as this core focal point of your whole life's enterprise has to be about looking after that ocean. It has to be. If you listen, please, if you haven't as well, there's a couple of episodes back, a link to a video of Captain Paul Watson. I'm not going to play it again, but far out it was gnarly. That guy is breaking down why we need to look after the sea. Basically, he thinks this, he thinks of, okay, think of it this way. 
I'm not, I was about to try and do his voice, but I don't want to potentially upset the man by having a crack at it. But Paul Watson says that the Earth is a giant spaceship, which it is, hurtling through space, which it is, and that it has this amazing inbuilt life support system, which it does, called nature, the core component of which is called the ocean. And that's, that's as simple as it gets. And the way that we're living our lives these days on this spaceship is just... It's just running down the clock on how much longer that life support system is going to work for until we're just stuck out in space. And yeah, you might be out there thinking, Oi, my mate's got a, got a Tesla, man. It's pretty sick. I reckon Elon's going to get us there. And and it, I, I reckon you're just off your tree, mate. Just chill out of you. Well, hey, I'm surprised you're listening, actually. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, I don't, I'm just not interested in life on Mars, bro. Why are you? Life here is sick. It's awesome. And there's still so much more we don't know about this place. But we're go but like why would we go out there? And if we can get there, answer me this, um, Norman. Answer me this, Norman. Yeah, I'm going with Norman because I don't know anyone named Norman and I don't want anyone to ever think that this this is how I thought of them. But answer me this, Norman. If we can get to Mars, how come we're not taking our rubbish there? Why would we not just send intergalactic ships full of our I'm not saying it's good. And like I don't want to be one of these fucking cowboys throwing out a can of mother on the motorway. But but if we can take if we can get to Mars, or the, even the moon for that matter, why are we not just taking all our rubbish there? All the problem waste. When we could build a sh- and yeah, if it doesn't work and maybe the ship explodes far above the earth and just it rains whatever was in that load of rubbish down back on us, well maybe that's what we deserve. Once every 10,000 times or whatever Elon can guarantee us that it won't happen. And and I believe the man and we'll just take it all to the moon. Why wouldn't we do that? Seriously, think about it because that, I mean, Norman, come on, dude, get real. It's it's like you're asleep at the wheel. Well, you got a Tesla. No, your mate's got a Tesla. You're, you're prematurely asleep at the wheel, my friend, and it's time to wake up. Start thinking sensible thoughts like taking your Coke bottle to Mars, but no, sorry, sending it because you're not going. Get it out of your head. We're staying here. It's good here. Norm, calm down, bro. Hey, oi, don't get personal, dude. It's just you and me here. I love you. Stop. Oh, okay. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Let's both take a breath. Come on, dude. I like you. I love you. That's why I'm having this conversation is because I care about you. And I, I, I don't know. I just like, just think about it, please. Just think about it. How good we've already got it here. And like, okay, so then how come there's a race? to Mars. A race. Uh, I love you, dude. Come, uh, come back. Oi, Norm. Fuck, he'll be all right. He, um, I don't know. I think it, you know what it means. I think I actually made my point. He only gets like this when he knows like, um, yeah, we'll talk. Um, I think it's probably time to go. No, we've got an important thing to go through because I found a headline that I haven't done news stories on here for a while, but, but you've got to hear this. Ready? Asian Renewable Energy Hub Plan. Well, good start. Ready? (laughs) Asian Renewable Energy Hub Plan for WA rejected by federal government on environmental grounds. Fuck me. I'll I'll read it one more time, but I, I think Gordon's reaction spoke for both of us. Asian Renewable Energy Hub Plan for WA rejected by federal government on environmental grounds. Fuck me. Fuck me, do I need sunglasses? Uh, 
Fuck me. Well, fuck me. Holy fuck. Fuck me. I'm gonna get some fresh air. Fuck me. Isn't that just an astonishing headline to read? I'm gonna get some fresh air. Fuck me. Alright, G, we'll catch you later. But isn't that just kind of an amazing headline? Immediately, like, no matter how you feel about the federal government or um, any of that, like, that's just such a crazy headline to have an environmental project rejected on environmental grounds. And anyway, it's... I I can't stop thinking about it, basically. (laughs) I've spent a whole day thinking about this. It's evil genius that you almost have to admire because... The it looks nefarious reading through this article, which I'll put a link up to. You don't have to read the whole thing, but basically the federal government had backed plans for this thing in the Pilbara last year, granting it major project status. But then the company building it opted to renewably produce ammonia for export to Asia, which I think is green hydrogen. Hopefully that's later in this article rather than electricity. And suddenly that required a whole bunch of new environmental approvals and it got knocked back. And basically there's concern for wetland impact, biodiversity, all regular stuff with a major infrastructure project. But what astonishes me is the response from the state government where straight up, and I'm not invested in the the West Australian state government either way, because, hey, don't live there. Um, But their Minister for Regional Development and the Hydrogen Industry said she was surprised the federal government knocked back plans for exporting ammonia made with hydrogen. Um, She says, we're very surprised at how quickly the decision was met. And it appears that there wasn't a lot of conversation with the proponent. We note that approvals have been possible to obtain for some quite controversial coal projects, she said. Everyone theoretically has signed on to the notion that we will ultimately be replacing our natural gas exports with hydrogen exports. We're going to need to work cooperatively to find a way in which this can be done and isn't that such a valid point because it's like you only need to say the word gas around uh, a federal politician and they'll just invite you to dinner or something i'm assuming i mean i don't hang out with them much at all um because i mean the pm's never here he's off somewhere in fact i read another story about how he was in england visiting pubs and whatnot and having a lovely personal time still wearing a suit, um, and and how that invoked um, the hatred of a lot of people who were stuck in the UK, Australians, stuck in the UK, watching pictures of the PM just brown-nosing in the pub. Um, and it's just kind of like, guys, get over it. I mean, and this is the people protesting it, by the way, because it's, the, it's what the guy does. Just like, I mean, no, I'm not saying it's good that, that like whenever there's major shit going down, Scotty's kind of on tour, um, but but it, like it's what he does. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What do you think about it? Because there was a thing. I I was kind of a bit rattled by um a silly voice I made. I can't remember if it was last episode or the one before. Um, in in like mock support of Prime Minister Scott Morrison because the whole thing just really scares me. It really scares me. The 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 I guess. I guess what scares me is my wealth's dependence on fossil fuel exports. And if you're an Aussie, that's you too. Your personal wealth, all those those lovely, um, 
I don't know, sealed roads that you like and the, the library that has great books and I mean, all the way up to, to the way that this country is developed in a business way. I mean, all of that is off the back of this crazy fossil fuel export industry. And so it means that like, I, I don't know, I've been thinking lots about that and it makes me squirm. It makes me feel really uncomfortable that I'm benefiting from, from well, selling poison. That's, I'm, I'm benefiting. And if you're Australian, so are you. Right now, even if you've got solar panels on your roof, you compost all your food scraps, you do everything you can, you're still benefiting from the ferocity with which our federal government sells our fossil fuels. And I don't know, it makes like, fuck, I don't know, just feel guilty sometimes, you know? Maybe you don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. Think about that Sudanese woman we were talking about watching Gordon Ramsay because then like she, you know, turns to her right and, and, and raises her hand and, and looks off into the distance. And then and then there's another TV and it's and it's got all of this um, really easily comprehensible data about a, a magic number of some description defining just how responsible for the perpetuation of this climate crisis that we are as Australians. And... God, you know what noise she makes. That's right. She's shocked. How, because how is that fair? I mean, I don't mean to like get get childish with the sound gourd and everything because that's a serious thing that I think about. And I think, imagine if, imagine if everyone knew everyone's shit, which is kind of the direction we're heading anyway. I mean, I mean, back yourself into, into, into a contribution. I think like, no, Better than that, put yourself on the right turn of the tide. Because that's what, I mean, that's what Paul Nicklin says. That's what Leo says. Everyone talks about this turning the tide of of environmental sustainability on planet Earth from everybody. And and it's like the sooner the better, dude. I don't care who you are. The sooner the better. There is not only no time, but there's no reason not to change your life and begin revolving it around how you can make your footprint smaller. That's what I think anyway. And I'm not saying I do it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination because as we have distinguished, human being. Human being, cost of resources. That's what we do. But 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 it doesn't stop me from like thinking about it every second of the day and doing what I can. And then that including sitting in a secret recording box to tell you to do the same thing, please, please. Even if you don't have kids, I mean, you probably know some, and and they're going to be your age one day, and they're going to be they're going to be asking some questions. They're going to be asking who was doing what. Yeah, because it, I tell myself this is an environmental podcast, but mainly it's mental uh, in that word. Like it's enviro for sure, but it's but it's mainly in mental. And, and as far as this being about my in mental health. Because, because I feel better when I when I when I make them when I talk to you and and I can only hope that that's a reciprocal thing, but but mainly I mean my 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 mental health is environmental health. That's pretty much it because I feel like I've got such a crazy. Well, I know I've got such a privileged crazy life that. The worst anxiety I could experience is is about the future of this planet. I don't have to worry if someone might knife me on my way home. And they might. Chances are pretty slim. Compared to if I lived in Joburg or something, somewhere gnarly. But but I think sitting down here with you and, and just dedicating time to it 
makes me feel better about the fact that that's that's my existence (laughs) and it makes me feel positive that wow that's the thing i think that's what makes this different is that it's so achievable and the numbers tell us this about climate change about what the world needs to do where it currently stands where we need to be for certain things like we all we have numbers for all of this and if so how can you not react when you see if everyone ate uh, went for a meat-free day one day a week, then then we'd be taking a country away from the the carbon emissions of the world or something like some equivocation like that. It's that should be that should be this glorious moment of of emancipation of decision making fatigue, which is at the root of my of my this enviro enviro and mental health podcast of mine is 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 that relationship between making decisions and how happy i am and how much happier i am when i don't have to make them when i can think about new stuff and so i mean that should be this for me and it was for me and i think it should i'm sort of because it was for me i'm kind of surprised that that it's not for everybody and how arrogant is that but I don't know, it was an automatic thing for me. When I learned, like really had my eyes open to environmental disaster and what I could do directly as far as my diet, my travel preferences, my my habits, my activities, like all, what all, like what everything that I could do about it, um, it was just like, fuck, well, I'll do that. No question. Obviously, that's what has to be done and because not enough people are doing it right now. So awesome. Don't have to think about what else I should do. And for me, that was this crazy defining moment of purpose and i can't pinpoint exactly when it was but i'm pretty sure it happened out in the surf because that's where it always happens to just go like oh okay there's kind of no such thing as doing enough right now that's the thought that i that's still the thought that i have to myself every day not there's no such thing as not even doing too much but like there's no such thing as doing enough because because that's where the world's at. That's where that's where this amazing intergalactic space vehicle that we're both on right now, supported by this glorious and beautiful life support system, that's that's where we're headed. That we, we there's we, there's no such thing as doing enough to preserve it. And so, wow, that's why this is all about mental health, I guess, more than it's about the environment. Because these two things are so interdependent, for me. I should, I feel like I know this. And so, and so future roles is going to know this too. But if you are not future me out there listening and um, wondering what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> um, well, they literally, it's the same thing. Mental health is environmental health. But the words in there, of course, it's the same thing. Looking after the planet is looking after my brain. I can't, it's as simple as that. And Anytime, it's such a dependable thing to fall back on. Anytime I'm in a really depressed state of mind or a really extended trough of just bad thoughts and sadness, it's this immediate, giant, beautiful root on the ground that I can cling onto and start getting back that equilibrium and feeling happy again because, oh, that's right, that's why I'm here. Here it is. I hope that other people experience this as well. Because it's isn't that what such an amazing like I'm so lucky, man. That and you know that by now. But that's why this lucky role and things no joke. Because because I really am the luckiest person. Because I get to do, I don't know. I get to do two things at once there, and 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 not have this decision fatigue anymore. God, man, my friend Geordie really opened me up to that 
not long ago about we had this conversation about this being the one pivotal dynamic in every single mental health exchange is about the decisions that you're making in every moment. And so it's sort of, I've only ever seen it written down as a symptom of poor mental health, depression or anxiety or whatever it is. But, but I think it's everything. I don't think it's even a symptom. I think it's, that's the mechanism. And then the symptom is prolonged sadness. The symptom is like all, all the negativity associated with those, with having poor mental health. I don't know. I feel so lucky for having figured that out because it's like a hack now. I don't have to decide whether I want steak or lamb or, or, or a fucking chook tonight. You know, it's just like, oh, well, I don't want any of them. Yes, there's less to choose from because this consumption cathedral has 50,000 things in it. And if I can choose from less than them, than, than that number, cool. Cool and nice. That's what I want. And same goes for how I'm going to get places. Same goes for cool. I want a ginormous four-wheel drive. Do I need it to run on lots of diesel? Is there another way? Yes, there was. Cool. Amazing. Don't have to think any more about that. And then, wow, it's just this, I guess like I'm vomiting it at you in case, in case you find yourself in one of those troughs at some point where you're just like, I don't know, just feeling rough, feeling rough for ages and wondering if you'll ever not feel rough. And I don't know, man, go pick up some rubbish. Seriously do it. That, and I'm telling you that as the most honest thing I could possibly say in this moment, in infinity, out there in the future where we exist all the time, everywhere, forever. Pick up some rubbish. It is the most straightforward mental health supplement I've ever had, ever. Walk outside, pick up some rubbish, feel better. Like, feel like, okay, well, I didn't need to think about whether that was the right or wrong way to live my life. And then, I don't know. I don't know. We could talk about this forever, you and I, couldn't we? But we're not going to because, well, we're at the end, basically. Um, I've just decided. And um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. And look out for this conversation coming up in the next few days with Rob because it was really, it was truly it was one of the most meaningful chats I think I've ever had. He's just a friendly guy I made a coffee for and then instantly just had that like, I talked to him a little bit about what he does and I was like, oh dude, we got to slap some microphones on and have a chat. So it was awesome to finally do that. So look out for that and um, yeah, just um, good luck. I love you, Norm. Can you hear me out there, Norm? I do love you because because you're, 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 you know who you are? Everyone. <laughs> and you, that's what you got to do, I think. You got to just... You gotta love everyone because because everyone is everyone else, and um and if you want to love yourself, you kind of gotta love everyone else, and and yeah, I'm gonna stop talking. Do your best just to um do your best to presentate nicely, and um and I'll catch you I'll catch you next time. See you later. See you later, bruv. All right, all right, all right. Catch up. Bye. <laughs> and that, my dear, is fucking delicious.